You may find this hard to believe, but 60 songs that explain the 90s, America's favorite poorly named music podcast is back with 30 more songs than 120 songs total. I am your host, Rob Harvilla, here to bring you more shrewd musical analysis, poignant nostalgic reveries, crude personal anecdotes, and rad special guests all with even less restraint than usual. Join us once more on 60 Saws That Explain the 90s every Wednesday on Spotify. It's the Full Go presented by FanDuel. The playoff action is heating up, and with FanDuel, you can bet on everything from the NBA Finals MVP to who's going to lift the Stanley Cup. And right now, you can check out the new and improved Parlay Hub. Filter by odds, sport, and bet type to easily find the most popular parlays and same game parlays or SGPs as the kids like to call them all on one page plus start betting on the pulse and get paid instantly when you win so download the app today and bet with FanDuel America's number one sports book the ringer is committed to responsible gaming please visit rg-help.com to learn more about the resources and helplines available and listen to the end of the episode for additional details must be 21 plus 18 plus in D.C. and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit rg-help.com. This episode is brought to you by Atlassian. Atlassian software like Jira, Confluence, and Trello help power global collaboration for all teams so they can accomplish everything that's impossible alone. Because individually we're great, but together... We're so much better. Learn how to unleash the potential of your team at Atlassian.com. A-T-L-A-S-S-I-A-N.com. Atlassian. Tap the banner or visit this episode's page to learn more. Chicago everywhere. Check it. It's not enough Chicago. We just don't have enough Chicago people. Jason Goff is here. Well, I'm at Full Go. The Full Go podcast. The Full Go. Bears. Bulls, White Sox, Cubs, and Blackhawks. Our man, Jason Goff. Three times a week with Jason Goff. His mood is elevated. <laughs> he is feeling good. Jason, I'm loving the full go. Love the full go. The full go. The full go. Welcome to Full Go with Jason Goff. That is what I'm talking about. What up, world? You're listening to The Full Go with Jason Goff, presented by The Ringer, a Spotify original. You're asking too much of me on this Memorial Day weekend. You know, I'm not doing shit but barbecuing. That's it. That's it. <laughs> I actually just finished barbecuing just now. So, oh, okay. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. I had to had to do something real quick. You know, barbecue is a quick way to get the uh, lady back on your side. Fellas out there that are listening to the pod, we already recording, so it is what it is. What episode is it? This is uh, 248, I believe. Uh, welcome into episode 248 of the Full Go Podcast. The voices that you may have already heard are those of uh, my main man, Tony Gill, back in the place to be, and the chief vibes officer himself, Chris Sutton. I am Jason Goff, and this is a, a Memorial Day weekend edition of the Full Go Podcast. And I want to, you know, I don't know how much it got caught in the beginning of this little preamble because we just hit record and just start talking on this pod. But um, fellas out there, if you're ever in a jam, like that grill just like that grill you know if you ever if, if something's not moving the way it's supposed to it ain't shaking the way it's supposed to with the crib you know y'all been sleeping back to back you know the vibes just like that grill 
everything will everything will calm itself on down. All right. Well, I don't want to belabor the point anymore because, ladies and gentlemen, we have a very, very, very special guest in the building. Uh, I'd like to think that I have a keen eye for, you know, not new and up and coming talent, but just talent, period. And the moment that I heard about David Dennis Jr., uh, I was from uh, some people who work at ESPN, you know, people who are of the community and they're like, yo, you got to check out this dude. Started reading this stuff. He is the senior writer at Anscape. Um, he is the author of The Movement Made Us, which I'm telling y'all, go out and cop it. It is a terrific story about the trials and tribulations of the Freedom Rides. His father, David Dennis Sr., who is uh, a noted civil rights activist. And it's also a tale about family, right? But with the backdrop of what the civil rights movement was. And ladies and gentlemen, he has a super dope podcast coming out called rap stories. We already know that the the game is turning 50. So this man is documenting and talking to the icons and the legends. And on top of that, he is the second most famous light skinned brother out of Davidson. Ladies and gentlemen, he is David Dennis jr. What's happening, man? How you doing? My man. How's it going? How's it going? How's it going? I can't appreciate complain, all brother. that. That was a nice little introduction. I feel like, you know what I'm saying? I feel yeah, like we're done. Yeah. That's it. That's it. Yeah, right. Catch y'all you later. Go. I'm, <laughs> I'm, Steve, I'm Steve Harvey. Yeah, it's going downhill from here. Everything's going. I'm just going to nah, just gravely nah. disappoint everybody. That's how it's going to go. Not at all. Not at all, man. <laughs> um, so this project that you got coming out on June 1st, uh, Rap Stories, you know, the, the pod. I'm looking forward to all these interviews. I, you've been dropping the little previews. Your social media game has been strong. You've been dropping little mm-hmm. crumbs for everybody to, 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 to laugh on to big crit too short mc light uh how did this thing come about dog yeah so this idea started really ruminating about 10 years ago uh if y'all recall jay-z when when he was doing the rollout for uh magna carta uh he put out this ranking of all of his favorite albums right and i was really fascinated by this list because of course he had reasonable doubt blueprint at the top and i was just thinking like why would you even put out an album if you don't feel like it's your best album, right? Like, why would you put out work that you don't feel like is this perfect piece of work every single time? And then I wrote a Mm -hmm. book and then I was like, oh, I get it because like you work on this project and it's never going to be perfect and you don't get to perfect it. You have to turn it in at a certain point, right? And as much as you may think it's a classic, like I think my book is a classic book and I think it's a great book, but at the same time, like, there are things that I just hate about it, like drive me crazy, comma, that's the wrong place, you know, all this stuff. And like, right. I can't really have a clear view of the book because I'm still so far in it. Right. But I was fascinated by artists who like in the same place, like they put out this work and they love it. They think it's classic, but there are things they want to do better. There are things that have aged the best. There are things like they've had a chance to really look at it holistically over these years, because so often we talk to an uh, artist and it's like, hey, you got a new project coming out. What do you think? And they're like, oh, it's the best thing I've ever done. And like, where's the on? Like, so when you talk about something that's old, you have an honest look at it, right? So these right. are all albums that are a couple years old, at least some of them are decades old. And these artists really get to look back and tell us the recording process, the studio process, the hidden gems, what they hated, what they loved, and just really sort of delve deep into these projects. So it's like one of the most fun things I've ever put together. 
So I'm 42 years old, and I know people mm-hmm. take a shot every time they hear me say that on this pod, but I'm 42 Damn. years old, so <laughs> I'm fucking around. <laughs> so, so I, you know, I my relationship with hip-hop is one where it's like, as a kid, when I was born, it was really starting to, to, to move and shake a little bit, and I'm first generation born here as well, so when my father mm-hmm. moved here, he was a DJ as well. You know, Hustle did what he had to do, but... Gotcha, we had gotcha. the, the you know the, the giant speakers in the crib and the sound system that would rock the entire mm-hmm. you know apartment complex. So I grew up understanding this was the music that was for me, right? right Whereas right. some of my counterparts and some of my colleagues who you know grew up back in the day and were you know six, seven, eight years older than me, they, it, it holds a different spot in their heart. I remember 1987, Bigger and Deffer. I saved up my own money to get okay. that album because LL Cool J uh-huh. was my guy as a kid. What was your or, or is your relationship with hip hop and how did it start for you and th- that has pushed you to this spot where you're so intrigued and fascinated with this topic? Man, I've all, I mean, hip hop has been everything to me, man. My career started as as a hip hop journalist. You know, I was started at, at, at a mm-hmm. blog called The Smoking Section in the Blog Era. You know, like that my first articles were about hip hop. And like as a kid, I mean, I loved it. There's pictures of me as a, as a baby arms like this with two records on the table, but like I was pretending like I was spinning, you know, like that's just what it's been like, you know, I got older sisters and they was all, they were always putting me onto the music. They were always putting me onto the MC lights and the two shorts and sneaking the, the music in there, bone thugs and harmony and all that stuff that, that I came up listening to. And then the OGs, the, uh, you know, all the folks in the family, like you got to listen to this, you got to listen to that. So this, podcast is really a collection it's really a time capsule for me it's like all these albums that have impacted me throughout the years um from when i was a baby all the way to a couple years ago through my career and my personal relationship to these artists and these albums so it sort of takes you through my life as it takes through these projects as well your favorite album of all time equipment i easy my man oh i didn't know (laughs) this okay top five for me Top five for me. Oh my God. I think uh, we're talking hip hop. It's got to be a Quim and I, and it's got to be right after that. We got to go Supreme clientele. Like, so those are two of the albums Ooh. that like really, you know, defined who I am. Outcast, Ghostface, like those are the, uh, are the, the, the people for me. For sure. So in your time, because, you know, you you spent time in Atlanta, right? Mm-hmm. Jackson, Mississippi as well. And your time, your pops, you know, in the Louisiana, you know, mm-hmm. uh, portion of his life before he had you. The, the Southern influences when it comes to music and culture and over the Great Migration North, like all mm-hmm. the things, the roots of this thing, you know, and of course the Caribbean influence that, right. uh, you know, Karis one and BDP spoke about and how the South Bronx, you know, the boom bap kind of derived from a lot of things that had, you know, Caribbean, Afrobeat mm-hmm. now kind of roots to it. Um, th- is the ride along the way in this podcast series, it, does it does it bring out where these sounds and where these people came from? Or are we talking about their their albums or their catalogs or their music? Like what, what specifically did you drill down or try to focus on with each interview or did it just go wherever it needed to go depending on who you were interviewing? Yeah, sometimes it went different places. What I really wanted to do was to sit down and focus on the art itself, right? The piece mm-hmm. of work itself. Like my like one of the people and, and people sort of like give me a side eye when they when they when I say this, the one of the first people I had in mind for this podcast was Ja Rule, right? And the reason Legendary the reason career. I, right the reason I wanted Ja Rule in this podcast 
is because of the way his career has gone, right? The 50 Cent, the Fire Fest, all that stuff. People never sit down and talk about Ja Rule about the actual artistry of the music that he made, right? And so what we got to do, what I got to do with him is just say, look, we're not talking about any of that stuff. We're going to sit down and we're going to go through Rule 336 and talk about the album that made you a superstar, the musicality of the album. When did you find your voice? When did you start harmonizing? What was it like when you're home, when you was in the studio and you come off of Vinnie Vettavici and you're doing this murder and all that stuff and you start singing the hooks, right? And so what is that like? What is that transition like? And so for me, it was about nailing down just this one piece of work and taking us to that spot, right? And a lot of times we do get a lot of that influence. And of course, you know, I, as you mentioned, I'm a Mississippi kid, Louisiana kid. So my whole thing was like, Tell me where your uncles and aunts and grandma was from in the summers that you spent in Mississippi so we could talk about how Mississippi influenced all the music in the rest of the country. So that was a whole bunch of like right, what right, I was right, trying to right, do right. with all of that. But it's really just nailing down this one piece of work and not trying to get into the social media, the feuds, nothing like that, but like talk about your album. Vic Mince has been on this pod. G Herbo has been on this pod, the cool kids. And I think I've all, I've kind of tried to ask all of them and you mentioned it in you know, your your starts and your roots in journalism in terms of the blog era and and talking about people's works of art. You know, I find it interesting when it comes to hip hop journalism and sports journalism and how mm-hmm. you're talking about something that's deeply personal to the mm-hmm. people in the 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 um the the interviewees, right? The, right. the the prospects. And an album is your life's work, your first one especially. Right. So when mm-hmm. debut albums come out and people shit on them, you know, I, I kind of feel like, all right, this is kind of like having a bad season and having to wear it the entire time. Right. But how if, how did you, because, you know, working with Anscape, being on ESPN, being around athletes all the time, sports journalism as opposed to hip-hop journalism and the landmines that, that are created and how critique is accepted, how, how do you kind of go in between between both of those worlds and navigate them while also understanding what you're talking about is deeply personal to people. Yeah, man. You know, like I, I, um, I got to credit uh, Gotti who ran, who started Smoke Sex. Like this is his thing. Like, and that was where I got my, my writing from my beginning as a writer. And he told me like one of the things that he told me that like I'll never forget is don't write anything you wouldn't say to somebody's face. And so, and we talk about rappers, man. And like, you know, yeah. there's a long history of these journalists getting getting smacked up by these rappers. So, you know, like, you, uh, and I and I and I remember I remember him saying that, and then I remember going to South by Southwest and rest in peace. I met Sean Price, and I was mm. like, I was like, yeah, I wouldn't want to say nothing crazy to him to his face. That's a big brother. So, like, nah, you know, I nah. think I think that's what it is. I think you have to sort of treat these people with the respect. I mean, like, they everybody who's putting out this work has something that makes them at the level to be able to do this where they are. Right. And so mm-hmm. I try not, you know, like I, when I talk about athletes, I don't like to say, you know, I'm, I'm not over here like this person's trash. This person stinks. You know, I, I try not to say choke, but like, man, I was watching 76. So it's hard not to say that <laughs> word, but, but like, you know, and, and at the same time, at the same time, you don't want to be like this dude just just sucks as a rapper or this dude just is, can't make good music. Like, it's not about me to determine. But what if he sucks, though, David? But you what know if, what? What, what, if, what if you know and I know that that person ain't no damn good and you know and I know that they <laughs> probably know they ain't no damn good. At what point can we be real? I understand, though. I can no, do no, that. I, you I know, I, I, I've been I'm highly critical of people who make 
bad music, right? But at the same right. time, but at the same time, what I think is important is you got to understand why they have a fan base, right? Like, why do people gravitate towards them and then make a value on that? Because a lot of times, I think one of the issues with hip hop is that when you get to a certain age, you don't really understand why the kids like something and you just dismiss it. And you say, when these kids like this trash music, but you don't really understand why it <laughs> resonates with them, right? Like, you can be yeah. a hip hop purist and be all up in Nas and Lupe and all that stuff, but NBA Young Boy moving these streets, <laughs> right? Yeah, and be like, and be like, yo, NBA Young Boy makes bad music. NBA Young Boy sucks. Waka Flocka, all that stuff. But if you put uh, Chief Keef, perfect Hold example, on. you could say like, hey, this dudes make terrible music. You could say that, but you go up, you roll up outside, and you go to the club. What do you want to hear? Right. Mm -hmm. And there is an art in that part of hip hop as well. Hip hop started in the club. It's making people move. And so we could talk about the hibbity dibbity and all the deep lyrics and all that stuff. But on Friday night, I don't know, you know, I, it's been a long time since I've been in, in Chicago. You know, I went to grad school in Northwest. It's been a long time since I've been up there, but I, so I might yeah. be dated. But when you pull up in the Funky Buddha, you need that oh, Chief yeah. Keith. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, like, so that, that's what it's like. So you got to feel, you got to understand why you need that, why that, why that resonates with people instead of just saying it sucks, you know? Uh, a funky Buddha lounge reference right here on the Full <laughs> Podcast. Funky Buddha been closed for a few years now, pre-pandemic, I think. I think like it's a laundromat or something over there, but shout out to the Funky Buddha lounge. Hey, you see it cracking. <laughs> Let me tell you, I was in, I was in Chicago when birthday sex came out. Chicago owes me nothing. So, <sighs> uh, you know, Ah, uh, uh, see now I'm gonna go outside and shake my ass tonight just because you, yeah, you right. acting stupid on this pie right now. If I saw, Jer if I saw Jeremiah in the streets, I'm gonna buy him all the drinks that he ever needs. That man, owes me, <laughs> I owe that man a whole bunch of drinks. I'm sure, I'm sure. No, he, he definitely had many a Friday night and Saturday night set off. You know, right. um, let's take it. Let, let's keep it right there with the NBA Young Boy stuff because. John Morant, uh, yeah. the last time we've seen him was a couple of days ago when he put out these stories and the cryptic messages on IG. And, you know, immediately a lot of people that I know, let's face it, we know brothers who are like, hey, man, he crying out for attention. That's some bullshit. You know, right. this, that and the other. Ain't nothing wrong with that boy. And I kind of fell somewhere in between where it's mm -hmm. like, yeah, man, there is something going on. And obviously the pressures that he got four days of treatment for and mm -hmm. square breathing and all that other stuff. Hey, the pressures are starting to mountain again or, or, and I said it on his part, maybe just maybe y'all have put him in a position that he just ain't comfortable being in and he's right. more mm -hmm. comfortable being this. The problem that I have is I'm worried about the man's welfare. And that was before these stories, right? That was before this stuff. Welfare check was done on the young man. Seems like things are status quo as of right now. Um, how is this John Morant affecting you, not only as a person of the culture, but a young black man, uh, a person who is not too far from his peer group in terms of age? Um, how is it affecting you? At first, you know, I wanted to do like the, the what about is, right? And acknowledge the fact that, yeah, man, this dude's waving a gun, but like you got folks wearing AK-47 lapels, who are making legislation that enables people to have guns, that they are here actually creating this gun mm -hmm. culture and getting folks killed, right? And and on the macro, we can do that. We can have that conversation. That is definitely part of the conversation. Two things can be true. The other thing that can be true is this dude is making bad decisions 
and he's making bad decisions with a gun in his hand. Right. And those are two things that you never want to happen. You never want to have right. bad decisions and guns in the same place. And anytime it happens, it's concerning. So I'm concerned for him as a young man. I'm concerned for him as a brother. And the fact that like there's like an irresponsibility going on with with the guns. We could talk about the fact, yeah, what he did was probably legal. And if he was a white dude doing the gun thing, it probably would have been different. You know, dude was seen as a gun um, fanatic or a gun, you know, sort of expert or something like that enthusiast <laughs> and all that stuff but at the same time like you got to worry about the dude you know and you got to be like man what are you what are you actually doing because like you've been reprimanded for this and you're still doing it and you're making bad decisions with the gun in your hand and that and that is always dangerous for him as a person right so my hope is that like you know my concern with the whole thing last year was that you can talk about all the rehab and the rehabilitation and the stuff, but those playoffs were still looming when he was doing that. And it had to have been either right. his mind, his team's mind, somebody's mind that we got to get this brother back ready for the playoffs. Whether they were could say that they were giving him the time he needed and all that stuff, clearly it was not enough, right? And so I'm not a person who's always of the belief of punitive things with this, but like, what are we going to do to actually heal somebody? What are we going to actually do to sort of change the actions so you can suspend him for 40 40 games but if he's gonna be sitting at the crib around his guns what are we actually going to do so like my thing is like what what is what is the apparatus in place from adam silver and the nba in terms of actually getting this dude rehabilitated and on top of that if you're adam silver if you're going to penalize people for legally having guns or showing guns what are you going to actually do as a billion dollar organization about actual gun use and gun control in this country that sort of mm. makes this stuff like not so permanent, also oh, permanent, prevalent around these folks. The thing that I struggle with, David, is that so I am gotten to that old head stage mm-hmm. where the music that is happening when he is having a good time. I don't know NBA Young Boy songs, right? right? Uh, if they uh, came on, I could tell his voice, right? And I right, know how uh, popular and how respected he is uh, amongst the the young audience, mm-hmm. but. What, what I'm trying to figure out is how do we separate this? Because a lot of it's being attached to the music, right? And a lot of it, mm-hmm. you know, the, the culture word is coming up a lot. And I'm trying sure. to figure out, like, how can we disseminate and get through the weeds and the bushes of people's agendas and bullshit and be like, okay, this is what's happening. And for me, John Morant is like many a dude I grew up around where, mm-hmm. you know, I... My dad got his shit together. When I was seven, eight years old, we moved mm. to the Burbs, right? right? My sister was on the way. She was like, hey, this kid lived through it. All right, we don't want the other kid to live through it. Next thing you know, right. we're in the Burbs. But I had a sensibility and understanding like, okay, there's certain things you just don't do. So mm. I'm trying to figure out, is John Morant the dude that everyone's putting uh, reasonable expectations on? Or is he the 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 um, experiment for an incredibly overwhelmingly expressive mental state that a mm-hmm. lot of these young players are now going through. Like we, these dudes get thrown millions and mm-hmm. we immediately expect them to understand how to handle that responsibility. So I'm trying to figure out without the young man uh, perishing or without anything right. happening to him, like what can we learn as we go forward about other young athletes who are probably going through the same shit, just not doing it on our Instagram. Well, th- I mean, that's the thing. Is that like, it's hard to sort of make this a universal thing when he's the only dude doing it. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's the problem. That he's the <laughs> only guy that's doing it. Like, it's, you know, like it was different. It's different when there was like, you know, league wide issues, right? When there was like drug use that was like a lot of people. Cocaine you know, in the so 80s. Cocaine yeah. in the 80s. And it was like, 
who isn't doing now it's like we got to you know like talk about the culture thing this is the only right. brother doing it you know what i'm saying it's not like you got like who's flashing the gun on instagram live this week no it's just him so it's like right even lance stevenson's like dog you gotta chill yeah right you know what i'm saying like even even all that like there, there's a but like on, on one hand it's like we live in america so don't be surprised when like gun like folks just aren't falling in love with guns in america you know like we don't talk about black people in the hood who fall in love with guns in america but gun culture is such a thing that people just love guns right and so that's a part of it but at the same time he's the only guy doing it on instagram <laughs> you know what i'm saying so it's like hard to talk about it culturally when it's like just him you know what I'm saying? It's, it's just him. <laughs> right. It's just him. Like, if he was out robbing banks, nobody'd be like, what are you going to do about NBA players? Robbing banks. He's the only dude doing it. <laughs> so, like, so, you know, so we got to sort of like, uh, you know, we got to sort of just like focus on him and be like, you, you, it's your thing, dude. Like, what are we going to do about you personally? You know? Oh, shit. Now you got me thinking of the town too, set in Memphis. Right. With John <laughs> right. Morant is the head of a bank robbery ring. Right. Oh, man. Joe, Joe Mazzula is going to write the script. Oh, second row Joe. Shout out to Donald <laughs> Simmons. Uh, I'm glad you, I'm glad you transitioned it because, uh, hey, man, I thought it was tough out here. You know, the, the brothers from Miami, you know, the, the, it was, it was Wesley Slight. <laughs> against Christopher Williams, boy. Right, like right. Jason Tatum is down 3-0 all of a sudden and boys came back, got y'all out here looking good again. I think they're going to mess around and win this thing. By the time people hear this pod, it will be on the precipice of Game 7 Monday evening. But I think the Celtics are mess around and win this thing and I have no idea or clue how the fuck this is happening other than they should have been the better team the entire damn series. You know, what? what re- I really thought this series was over, obviously like most people, at 3-0, right? But then once I, the one stat that made me feel like the Celtics go, like when they, I saw the Heat was shooting 48% from three in the first three games. And I was just like, man, that's not replicable. You know, like that, how long is that going to last? And the mm-hmm. Celtics are just a better team. Like if you start the series and said, what's most likely? The Heat went three games in a row or the Celtics went four games in a row. Which one are you putting your money on? I put my money on the Celtics right. winning four games in a row. They're a better team. But they just going to keep on crapping the bed. Like, they, like if they, I, like, Game six, that game should have been over, locked, you know, shut this, that thing down, middle of the fourth quarter. And a lucky bounce got them a win because they crapped the bed again, man. They crapped the bed again. But they're just like so much of a better team that it's hard not to bet against them. But they are just falling apart at the end of these games, man. And that gives me a little worry. But like, I, it's hard to bet against them in elimination games, hard to bet against, against them in game seven. It's hard to bet against them when they start making these threes. The Heat looked tired. That looked like that was their best shot. Uh, so the Celtics should win. They should win. This is the best chance of a team that's ever had to come 3-0. They were a better team. They got home court advantage. But, man, I just can't get over how bad they look in the fourth quarter. Why is Marcus Smart always taking game-winning shots? Doug, the ball always finds him, and he is never scared to put that bitch up, boy. <laughs> why, are, why are we always watching, watching Marcus Smart take game-winning shots? You got Jay Tatum, Jalen Brown, and has always ended up in Marcus Smart's hand. Like, I watched that play unfold, and I was like, Marcus Smart's about to take this shot. Hey, by the way, you ain't shit because I saw your tweet and you said that the Heat got beat by Savion Glover with, at the last Yeah, second. man, Savion and, Glover tapped and, tap dance his way down to that, to that backboard and made a game with a shot. I can't believe it, man. <laughs> Dog, I saw that. I put my phone down. I was like... <laughs> he brought the noise and the funk. Game with a shot. All right, all right, Incredible. All right, all right. <laughs> 
David Dennis Jr. right here on the full left the bamboozle. <laughs> all right, all right, all right, all right. Look, I'm just, look, I'm just oh, having and look and look the grim for the light skins out there. Jamal Murray was our only hope. We were getting Jimmy Butler was just oh, taking was light cooked. skins and just could you know just had us all looking bad out here. We were just taking out light skins one at a time. We back, baby. We back. <laughs> Jason Tatum and the Silky Smooth are back. We good. We up now. Come on now. Hey, Stephen Clay got, got kicked out. Jordan Poole got kicked out. We was looking bad out here, man. After Kevin Durant let down Devin Booker, I was like, yeah. right, there's only two left. I know. <laughs> we, 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 get, we, get, we get picked. It was like a zombie movie or something, man. They would just take the Light Skin Brothers out every, every game. We up oh, right now. Shit. Come on now. Shit, see, ladies and gentlemen, if you want to tweet somebody, he is at David DTS, by the way. He just made a trailer for Attack of the Dark Skin Basketball Zombies, and yeah, I can't man. wait to go see it this summer. Walking <laughs> beige. You, you, <laughs> we'll be back with more of the full goal with Jason Goff. After a word from our sponsors. This episode is brought to you by Cars.com. When you add your car to your garage on cars.com, you'll unlock access to real-time insights into how much your car is worth. Plus, view its historical and projected value to decide when to sell. So when the time is right, you can secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on cars.com. Start tracking your car's value with your garage on cars.com. What up, world? It's Vic Spencer, and you're listening to The Full Goal with Jason Goff, presented by The Ringer, a Spotify original. So you mentioned your grad school days here in, in the uh, Chicagoland area. I, I we moved to Evanston in 1989, and I called okay. that place my home for a very, very long time. Shout out to the 24-hour Burger King and Sherm uh, mm -hmm. that is no more, by the way. The oh, Burger no. King isn't there. I, I won't say Sherm is gone. I don't know if Sherm, okay. nah, Sherm ain't gone, but the, the Burger King ain't there. Your okay. experience in Chicago, your time in Chicago, uh, how often do you get back? You know, the people here at the full go always love when guests talk fondly of the city that we love. So what was your time like here? Cold. Cold as hell. Well, all right. Like, I, you know, so, no, I, I know I love Chicago. I really, I love Chicago. Look, Mississippi kids, Mississippi kids, let me tell you, I got up to Chicago on December 31st, 2008, right? It snowed on January 2nd, 2009, and snow was on the ground until May 1st that year. I ain't never seen snow like that in my life. It was cold. But, I, but I, summer, I love Chicago. And this was really... To, in all honesty, this was in the formative years, like 2009 blog era prime time. So I yeah. was out there like, and, and you know, uh, shout out, you know, uh, a lot shout of folks there. Shout out to Andrew Barber, there, Fake Shore Drive. Andrew Barber, Fake Shore yeah. Drive. The folks at Ruby Horn and people looking out for me, taking me around to like show me what was going on in Chicago. But I, I would just try to go to shows, try to cover things, see who was like moving and shaking, who was making moves out there, trying to learn. He was at some team, smoking BDs and eating, drinking Mickey's. I know you was out there. Yeah, here. I was trying to do all that <laughs> stuff, man. Trying to, trying to see the artists and cover the shows. Like cover the, I remember the clips came to town. I was covering their show. I was covering Lupe stuff, just trying to get a feel of Chicago. And I loved it, man. Gone Fishing came out that summer from the Cool Kids, mm. which was just like, when I play that album, Crazy. I just like, it takes me right to that time period. Like that was the, probably the definitive album of that year for me when, when that came out. Like I just smell Chicago mm -hmm. when I'm out there doing that. Mm -hmm. And just like covering those guys, covering those acts and like just being there, like getting my feet wet in a big city, learning this blog era stuff. 
in in a place like Chicago was just like it, it was just there was nothing like it, man. I love Chicago. I never get to go back, but like the summer is perfect. Like it's nothing like a Midwest summer because it don't ever get too hot. About seventy five, like y'all think it's hot, but it don't really ever get too hot in, in, in a place like that. And so I just, I just loved it, man. Chicago was just an incredible year. See, now you're making me think of rap stories. I'll never forget mm-hmm. clips. Was I was in Miami and we were on South uh-huh. Beach. It was one of the first times I was in Miami, and uh, there, there was a local club. It was like, oh yeah, outside. It said the clips mm-hmm. are getting ready to perform in a couple of hours. I'm like, wait a minute, ain't no line. Like, what's happening here? <laughs> I sit down and wait for the clips to perform for about a good ninety minutes, and I, I look over at my time at the time my girlfriend I go I don't think the clips are coming to this club (laughs) and lo and behold somebody came out grabbed the mic was like yeah, the clips aren't here, but we got special ed. And man, you oh, did. I got it, goodness. man. You didn't thought. Uh, you didn't th- hey, listen, I was like, hey, I'm good. I'm good. Right, now. right. I'm good. Yeah. Like I, and actually, the, the clips are actually going to be here for the Hyde Park Summerfest. We're going to have okay. Dave Jeff and the, and the good people over there to, to uh, talk about it ne- what, next week or so. They got two chains and Lil' Kim. Let us know who we should expect to hear from on rap stories that may have a Chicago lean. If not, you know, it's cool. But do you got any Chicago in the mix coming? up here i know you got your first few episodes already banged out for the june 1st release first 12 episodes releasing right on june 1st yeah so the first so the, the whole season is 12 episodes it's 12 episode season so mm-hmm. we didn't you know we didn't get in chicago so far we didn't get in chicago but we got my guy freddie gibbs from gary indiana's honorary chicagoan you know oh. sort of you know we got midwest okay. we got freddie gibbs yeah. we talk a lot about yeah. midwest talk a lot about that you know me and freddie go way back so we talked about all that stuff and what it was like. You know, we obviously got Michael Jackson stories and Gary Indiana, all that stuff. So like that, that is sort of a Chicago cousin. Oh, uh, he told you Michael Jackson was a vice lord. Right. Yeah. He loves, you know, he always going to tell you MJ. MJ was, was out there, you know, hooking it up. <laughs> and so, okay. uh, yeah, so that's, uh, you know, so that, that's, that's a lot of, a lot of that Midwest stuff. But we, you know, we, we're going to come back. Hopefully we get, you know, we, we come back with season two, get some more of these acts out there and do all that. But we, you know, we all over the country with a lot of people from all over the place. So, you know, if you follow me on Twitter, I'll be releasing the whole track list and the albums and all that stuff every day until it drops June 1st. And you'll see who we got coming up. Dude, I have enjoyed watching your career unfold, especially over these last five years or so. Um, you know, we like to ask people and and have them take people through the journey, like young broadcasters out there, uh, young people that might be listening who, who get inspired because we always talk about our greatest days, right? Mm. But I want to ask you, best day of your career and worst day of your career? Mm. Best day of my career, man. I would probably have to say... I just because it's been on my mind lately, I, I interviewed Andre 3000 and that was an incredible experience. I interviewed him oh. about class of 3000 and uh, used some connections and was able to talk to him. Uh, my editor, Danielle Smith, uh, she knew I was doing a story in class 3000, but she, I think, went on vacation or she had a few days off. And she came back. She's like, how's your story? I was like, I interviewed Andre 3000. She was like, bro, what? Excuse me. <laughs> so like that was a real cool um, <laughs> moment that felt like felt like a victory. Um Worst day, man. Like honestly, I would probably have to say, man. Like to be honest, I'm I'm blessed to have never um, experienced like the layoffs or anything like that, or been um, taken out of a job and things like that. But I will say, like every time, man, that you have these days where folks get laid off, and you know you see that. I mean, obviously, we've all been through it, where mm-hmm. uh, you have colleagues and you got to and there's that tension. Like those are the worst days that you got to deal with, man. And and you just gotta like. 
you know, push through it and, and, and like be be there for your friends. They're going to be there for you because our times will come up at, at every at every place we're at. Your time is up, you know. So um, those are always yeah. real tough days. David, thank you, man. I appreciate you, man. Get back to your Memorial Day weekend festivities. Uh, My continue man. blessings. Uh, this has been this has been fun to watch your, yeah, your, your journey and your ascension. You, um, Justin Tinsley, like there's a lot of really, really good talent over there at ESPN and at Anscape. You guys are doing terrific work, so understand that the content is being consumed out of here and know that we're all proud of y'all, man. I appreciate you, man. Likewise, man. I love this show. Love what you're doing, man. You're a community builder, man. You keep all of us together and keep us keep us all all active and all that stuff. You're always looking out for folks, man. So I really appreciate that. I appreciate you, man. Make sure that you guys pull up on my man, David Dennis Jr. Rap Stories. It'll be wherever you get your podcast. First 12 episodes, first season drops on June 1st. Got the likes of MC Light, got the likes of Too Short, Big Crit. I mean, any other names you want to throw out there to tease the people with? Oh, man, we got Little Brother. We got Goody Mob. We got oh, Currency with yeah. Khalifa. Yeah, we got all these folks, man. It's a whole bunch of folks. It's going to be an incredible, incredible season, man. Yeah, man, we'll be sure to check that out. Send all our people your way. Uh, continue blessings, like I said, man, and I appreciate you joining us. All right, man, appreciate you. David Dennis Jr. joining us right here on the Full Go Podcast. This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. I was traveling internationally last year. I was in Mallorca. I didn't know the island well. I said, let me head to the north, head towards the water. Let me go on Hotels.com and see what they have available. Something preferably on the beach, maybe even a gym. Not only did I get those things, there was a kid's session with exercise, gymnastics in the water, pony rides, a train. It had everything, and I didn't even want any of those things. But at least I knew they were there, just in case I changed my mind. And now finding the perfect hotel has never been easier, thanks to the Hotels.com app. Whether you're looking for a family-friendly, right, all-inclusive, or a relaxing spa weekend, you can find exactly what you need and compare hotel prices, ratings, and amenities side-by-side. So start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app. This episode is brought to you by Atlassian. Atlassian software like Jira, Confluence, and Trello help power global collaboration for all teams so they can accomplish everything that's impossible alone. Because individually, we're great, but together, we're so much better. Learn how to unleash the potential of your team at Atlassian.com. A-T-L-A-S-S-I-A-N.com. Atlassian. Tap the banner or visit this episode's page to learn more. Hey, it's Len Casper, the radio voice of the White Sox. You're listening to The Full Go with Jason Goff. All right, I'm going to close this bitch on out because this is a Memorial Day weekend edition of The Full Go Podcast. (laughs) That's that's all you're going to get out of me. Talk about the Sox ruining my weekend. Walk off late loss against the Detroit Tigers. Mm -hmm. Not talking about the Cubs getting their ass spanked and then all of a sudden. Cubs fans want to fire David Ross. They lit him on fire. Hey, guess what? That means the stakes have risen. So I'm down. I'm down, man. This shit has been too uh, tumultuous. It has been too uh, um, uh, ripe with 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 strain and strife. I'm tired of losing in this goddamn city. I'm tired of it, dog. Like I, you know, I had to host uh, my man Jim Murray from Boston. 
These motherfuckers win championships every three years, no matter who it is. <laughs> it's like, and Bruins, <laughs> y'all on the clock. All right, Patriots be good in five mm. years, they'll win then. All right, mm. Boston Celtics back in the goddamn Eastern Conference Finals. You feel me? The Boston Red Sox, they get mad when motherfucking Boston mm-hmm. Red Sox like, y'all only won 85 <laughs> games? Get y'all bum asses out of here. <laughs> what? <laughs> I'm sitting here talk, talking to my man Jim about hey, So how's it? It's shitty. That's how it's going. That's how it's going. Huh? You know? And now you know some of the some of the the people that you root for the hardest in this city they're the sloppiest motherfuckers personally in in the world (laughs) i'm out here who can i turn my son towards and say this is who you should root for god damn it (sighs) it can't just be a justin fields world that is too much pressure to put on a young 23 year old's back and damn it if he ain't good all this hey listen let me tell y'all something right now if justin fields is not good do yeah, you know how problem, fucked man. we are in this city for a very long mm-hmm. time? Huh? Mm-hmm. And I'm talking about championship fucked, right? I'm not talking about regular season fucked or, you know, you, you're out here dabbling in as a playoff contender. I'm talking about championships, okay? Because, you know, looking at my watches about that time, uh, they the more I hear about the Bulls, the more I think this shit getting blown up tomorrow or the day after. So, <laughs> so, so if I got to go through a rebuild again with the Bulls, I'm cool with it, by the way. I'm, you know, I'm down. It's, it's time for something new, mm-hmm. right? But, man, this is a long-ass summer for them to be played. Like, don't get me wrong, because I, I, I was going to come in here and I was going to extol the virtues of the White Sox and the baseball that they have been playing. Right, they've been playing some pretty good baseball as of late. But right when it's time to fire up the microphone, they get their ass walked off by the Detroit Tigers and lose what three out of four, uh, two out of three, yeah, three out of four. Like what was it? The the since April thirtieth, coming into this series, the White Sox fifteen and ten. That's the sixth best record in Major League Baseball. They, they had turned it around. The division is trash. So the division waiting on them five games back. And then all of a sudden they go up against the Tigers, who had also been playing some pretty decent baseball. But no, nah, man, they're the Tigers. Y'all the White Sox. They're, they're, they are different trajectories going on. Next thing you know, Akil Badu turns back into the prospect that he was two years ago. This, this Zach McKinstry dude can't stay off the bat. They can't get him out. Like, you call Zach McKinstry's hotel, and it's like, hey, can I speak to the dude who's always on base? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Who are you, sir? Mm-hmm. I'm a Chicago White Sox pitcher. <laughs> I, I, I am calling <laughs> to make sure that he knows he's going to get on base this series. So I'm sitting here watching the Sox this this, this series thinking, okay, let me, let me slide myself back on in. All right? It's feeling comfortable around here, right? Yeah, Eloy Jimenez comes back today. Like, what is going on? Like, I can't. And their best players on the stage. Oh, dog. Dog. You know. <laughs> I thought I enjoyed, enjoyed my weekend, uh, enjoyed my family. Yo. I was scrolling through Instagram. Is that the White Sox? I heard form as as a as a young man who has been through some things that you just don't want public. <laughs> Lord have mercy, hey fellas. Uh, hey, I'm not talking about Tim Anderson in this situation. Just talking about you know hypothetically, hey fellas, fellas. Let me let me let me let me get real close to the microphone because I gave y'all a tip early on with the light the grill. Make sure you are not taking pictures. <laughs> with someone who isn't your woman okay that's all i gotta say fellas make your life a lot easier 
you know women, especially black women, all they ask is, <laughs> don't embarrass me. <laughs> Not all they ask. They ask for a lot more. I'm going to get killed. They're going to kill me. They're going to fucking kill me. Did you hear golf say that all we fucking asking for? And why is he talking like this in this voice right now? But did you hear golf say all we asking for? No, they asking for a lot more, fellas. If you deal with the right one, yada, 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 da, 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 da. But mm-hmm. the least you can do <laughs> is not be in pictures, smiling and, you know, doing all those. Maybe it's tough out here for the kid, man. It's tough out here. Like he, he's making some, uh, and well, yeah. It's tough. It's tough. It's tough. tough. We'll we'll, we'll speak about it. uh, We'll speak about it at the community meeting. (laughs) I'll I'll meet you guys at the regular spot. You know, you know where we meet up, y'all. But uh, yeah, it's not a good time right now if you're a Chicago baseball fan. I know you guys want to talk to me about the bullpen. Yeah, the bullpen is outstanding. They've been getting people out. As soon as I turn on the TV, Joe Kelly giving up the booty. (laughs) Dinner and a movie. (laughs) Which one would you like to see? Huh? Little little mermaid made little steak afterwards bang <laughs> gasoline alley like i maybe it's me tone maybe it's me chris like maybe anytime i turn them on they lose <laughs> maybe that's what it is and as far as the cubs are concerned i know as we are dropping this thing this is the uh series finale of succession and shout out to paul sullivan for writing a piece <laughs> and kind of place not kind of placing the Ricketts family ownership into the succession characters because of the dynamics of three brothers and one sister. So, uh, by the way, I'm on season three, episode four of succession. So we're, we're moving through that thing. slowly but surely getting caught up. I'm a binge it. I'm a binge this season. It's outstanding. Like I waited and I'm like, yeah, I know. I know. HBO I'm like, didn't I, miss. I'm caught up, but, but I, I, I want to just binge it straight. I don't want to wait a week. I don't want to be a part of the conversation. Nah. I want to wait till after today. I'm going to go back starting tomorrow and I'll watch all of this season. I'm super Yeah, honest. no, it's amazing. Chris, did you check it out? You watch Succession? Yeah, I was going to say, like, I, it's kind of intense to just binge it in a row, though, Tony. I feel no, like, no, no, no. It it's going to take you somewhere, bro. I feel, I feel like it was designed <laughs> to, like, wait a week between each season. Because I've been binging it, too. I've been trying to catch up because the ringer's all up mm-hmm. on Succession. And it's like, it's kind yeah. of intense. Yeah, it's heavy. It's, it is mm-hmm. very, very heavy. And there is, uh, what I, I heard someone say this. I think, yeah, I think I heard somebody say this. There is not a redeemable character on the show. There is not a person no. on the show who you could look at as a no. good guy, good girl. That you yeah, want to root nah, for. Not one. Mm-hmm. So you're sitting there watch what is thought to be and, and portrayed to be bad people go through uh, moments and events in life where you want to have sympathy and empathize with them. And you're like, but in two minutes, something shitty is going to come out of that person's mouth or something's going to be covered up. And, you know, I mean, when we talk about capitalism and big business and media industries and conglomerates and the proprietors of these things like this is, you know, it just it's tough to find a good person man, in that space. Hey, <laughs> show me a billionaire and I'll show you a criminal. Keep it funky. Like there is only a certain amount of money that you can make before other people have to start perishing because of it. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. it's, it's as simple as that. But yeah, man, check it out. Check it out. I'm looking forward to it. And shout out to all you assholes on Twitter who can't wait to tweet during the show. I already saw that when it, when I was getting ready to 
come on to tonight's pod. Like, you know, one person in, do you guys have a person who you follow who you're like, God damn it. I forgot to unfollow this person. And you continue to forget to unfollow that person. I got one person. I got one person and you could bleep. Yeah. Please bleep this name out. But it's the full goal, is one of the worst Twitter <laughs> followers I have ever, ever signed up for. And all I do is run into this person's tweets every time I open my phone. And I've even, I've even <laughs> tweeted this person's like um, colleagues like, hey, uh, what do you think about this person? And immediately they're like, oh, yeah, yeah, you need to cut that out. Stop doing that. It's not bad. It's not good for your health. Immediately when I jump on Twitter, that person is tweeting about the, 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 the episode of Succession. Like, just watch the fucking episode just watch it <laughs> just watch you, you, no one needs you to live tweet succession no one no one you know <laughs> it's not a game like what are we doing here this ain't no bar that you're just sitting around watching events together with you're at the crib hopefully like knock it off now i apologize maybe that was a little bit strong of an outburst but yeah man i gotta i gotta remember to unfollow that person and you notice how I did what I was supposed to do by saying that person so that no one knows if it's a, you know, who it is. So, and of course, Chris and Tony will forget to bleep out that name and I'll have that person's people come after me as soon as this pod drops. So yeah, man. Um, any, any plans for Memorial Day other than observing and honoring the people who have given their, their sacrifices and their lives for this, the freedoms that we have in this country. Other than that, what y'all got going on? I had something, but I might get canceled. Oh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> like, 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 Chris, I'll leave this up to you. We need to beat this uh-huh. out, but what's the difference between Veterans Day and Memorial Day? <laughs> All right. Y'all can close it out. <laughs> I'm dead serious. Like I don't, I don't know the difference. Is that only two days, or ladies and gentlemen, we'd like to thank you for listening to episode 248 of the Full Go Podcast. Uh, I'm Jason Goff. Um, I'd like to thank our guest, David Dennis Jr. Make sure you check out his new pod series, Rap Stories, coming out June 1st. Uh, anywhere that you get your podcast, so especially right here at Spotify. Um, you know, we, we hope to have episode 249 uh, on Tuesday. Uh, so after this one drops and <laughs> Tony's question can kind of ruminate amongst the Internet and, and, and our colleagues. Uh, Tony, uh, you celebrate all veterans. And then, you know, on Memorial Day, you, you celebrate the people and remember the people who uh, are no longer here. <laughs> so there's a, there's a difference. There's a difference. Uh, I don't want y'all calling the voicemail line, so I'm not even going to get that number out, especially after this episode. Um, yeah, man. Thank y'all for downloading this thing. Uh, thank you guys for subscribing to this thing. Uh, thank you guys for rating and reviewing, because I know both are going to happen after this episode. Uh, thank y'all for sharing it with your family and friends. Um, who knew that we had 250 episodes in us? <laughs> But uh, Tony is trying to ensure that <laughs> 250 is the cap. And uh, if Tony's work isn't uh, accomplished, we will catch y'all on Tuesday. Uh, but until then, we uh, hope y'all have a safe and happy. Well, I, I don't know if happy is the way to say it, right? Because you're in remembrance of people who aren't here anymore, Tony. So uh, I hope you guys have a reflective and safe Memorial Day. And we will catch y'all on Tuesday. Uh, if 
they allow us to. So for Tony Gill, my man, Chris Sutton, and David Dennis Jr., of course, Steve Cerruti, the shadowy figure that is known as Steve Cerruti. I'm Jason Goff, maybe for the last time here on the Full Go Podcast. We'll uh, we'll talk to y'all on Tuesday, maybe. Uh, Take care of each other, be safe, and, uh, you know, try to stay sucker-free. But they're all veterans. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. You might say all kinds of stuff when things go wrong, but these are the words you really need to remember. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. They've got options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there.